He has algorithms or mathematical equations of God and life. You got like the three, six, nine. Damn, she fine. No, no, <laughs> no. Could have tell me one more. Te- Tesla, had a, <laughs> Tesla had a theory that... Welcome back to Hatch and Bar, your home of paranormal, supernatural, extraterrestrial, and true crime content. I'm Summer. Next to me is Cody. Hey. Across from him is Brian. I'm Brian. And then next to him is Shane. Shane, what are we doing today? Well, I actually want to start the show off a little different. Uh Uh-oh. I want to start the show off with a little maybe a thought or a question. So nowadays, with modern technology, it becomes more difficult than ever to be lost, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, just to lose yourself somewhere physically in the world. Although there are a large amount of people that go missing every day, few of these people reappear without a story. Mm-hmm. Okay? They usually can recount what happened to them. Have you guys ever felt lost? Have you ever been lost? Spiritually or physically? Physically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As a child, more than as an adult. Okay. Not, not in a long time. I haven't yeah. been, like, lost, lost in a long time. Because I- iPhones. Well, I got lost in a mire when I was like 10. I don't think the iPhone would have helped me there. (laughs) (laughs) iPhone, how do I get out of the store? Where is my mom? Exactly. Find my mom app. But we can all agree that's probably a a very terrifying feeling, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, after the story, which I I was really inspired by that thought, I don't think I've ever been lost. Especially not in like the wilderness, which is probably a big difference than feeling lost in a city. Like if you'd make the wrong turn, you're still driving or walking and there's people around. So it's not really scary. But in the woods... It feels like it would be different. It would be a very vulnerable space. Mm-hmm. Leave breadcrumbs. Well, because we don't really fit well in that food chain. It's just regular dudes with hands. Well, today we're going to talk about a guy who disappeared and then reappeared, but he doesn't know what happened. Aliens? Maybe. Okay. Christians, actually. Christians. <laughs> this is the story of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Evangelical Christians. <laughs> yeah. We're actually going to take everybody to a Christian college. It's a private Christian college called Hope College in Holland, Michigan. Ooh, the Midwest. We're back, baby. Where is Holland? <laughs> Holland's going to be on the west side of the state, near Kalamazoo area, almost like the shores of Lake Michigan. Okay. I've been to Grand Rapids, been to Kalamazoo. I don't think I've ever been to the campus of Hope University. It doesn't seem like there's much reason to be, unless you were at the campus for school. This is a very small school. You can afford it. It's a private Christian college. I I actually do know one person who went to Hope. Uh, Hope College is about, I say, two hours from us. Were they from Flint? They were from Flint. Lies. What? Where is their family from? <laughs> How long have you lived in Davison? So we're going to take you guys all the way back to February 20th, 1978. We're in Michigan again, just so you know. We're going to talk about a student at Hope College named Stephen Kubaki. In the spring of that year, he's going to graduate. He is described as maybe a rebellious student, but a bright one. Which it, is funny. I'm sorry. Just uh, the rebellious student at the small, you know, small he's, private he ju- Christian college. You know, he just college. smoked cigarettes. That's, that's the only thing. I don't even think it's cigarettes. It's, that's a little extreme because it's probably more like he just doesn't read all the parables he's supposed to in a day. It's something like that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do his. Uh... Yeah, he's skipping psalms. He doesn't tithe. <laughs> I think it's brought up that because it, it is a conservative school. Yeah, 
Uh, and he d- he doesn't he he stays off campus and he's kind of eccentric. We hang out with eccentric friends. Well, they call him eccentric. And did you get to why they call him eccentric and weird? I would love to know why. Because they play D and D. Because they play D. Yeah. Oh, so it made them. Yeah. So they're the weird kids. So at he's school. a little gay. Yeah. No, they're Satanists. Actually, that's probably what it is. Because around that time, <laughs> just a little gay. <laughs> he's got a girlfriend in Germany. Two um, of them actually. He's got two girlfriends in Germany. One in France. This guy's an avid outdoorman too, and he's and he's he's a traveler. Stop laughing, it's real. He has three what girlfriends. Ask, what year is ask this? my mom. 19? I have two girlfriends. This is 1978. 1970. He plays D and D and has two girlfriends. Three. Three, three girlfriends. Two Wait. in Germany, one in France. Yeah. Oh, that's all. Fake. He studied abroad and he, he did a lot of hiking. Had, so he he's doing? definitely he... gay and he's dating <laughs> these women online. He's definitely playing D and D with his 20 friends and saying he has two girlfriends in another country. So yeah. I know Stephen Kubaki. They just go to a different school. You don't know them. He goes. I have three girlfriends. One's in the material. Plane, one's in the Feywild, and one's in the fire plane. That's where they all are. And they don't know about each other. One's an elf, one's a centaur, and the other one's human. Leave me alone. And I'm Ragnar the Skull Smasher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a regular mover and shaker, guys. All right, get us back to Troublesome Steve. Okay, so Steven, he's living his life. He's got a lot going for him. He's got this whole life ahead of him. Dude studied abroad. Dude has climbed mountains. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. We know all of this. Hope College, the private Christian university which he attends, is in the beautiful Holland, Michigan, but it's actually located near Lake Makatawa, near the shores of Lake Michigan. And that's significant because him being a avid outdoors person it's kind of ideal for him. I mean, we know Michigan mm-hmm. weather. If you're if you like to go down things fast yeah. on planes or on, you know on boards, this is a great place to be. This mm-hmm. is a complex man. D and D and an outdoorsman. That is a weird combo. Yeah, Stephen was an interesting guy. Climbed mountains in Europe again, but then did he climb with his girlfriends? I, I'm curious. <laughs> did he? <laughs> Who was there when he climbed these mountains? Probably on his back. <laughs> Okay. So this is a great place for a sports advocate like our Stephen Kubaki, who has been planning our a... Our Stephen. <laughs> yeah, our Stephen. Our dear friend Stephen. <laughs> He's our Stephen Kubaki, for at least for the next hour, Kodiak. What year is this? 1978 for the third time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but what year is it? I'm just, I'm just trying to picture this. I'm just trying to picture... So a lot, a lot of bangs. Or is this that the 80s? Is <laughs> this the 70s? Less bangs? He does got the Beatles cut. There it is. Um, gotcha. I didn't okay. bring a picture, but he does have it. Well, so he is playing this one or two day ski cross country hike where he's going to go along the shores of Lake Michigan. He's going to be solo by himself. Very excited about this little expedition he's going to do. And he must have had some reputation for at least bragging about this or doing it because everybody around him didn't seem surprised. All of his friends were like, this is just what Steven does. He's good at it. He'll be fine. He's excited for it. He's just telling his friends, I'm going to go do this thing just so you guys know where I'm at. Yeah, Um, because he was just going for the weekend. And Like Brian said, this is not new for this this guy. This is something this guy would do. Having a little walkabout. Yeah, in the middle of winter. Sounds terrible. It sounds awful. Yeah. It sounds like my plane crashed. That's what it sounds like. So given it's February 1978, the temperature for this day, the temperature for the 20th was in its mid-teens, and reports show there's at the most 14 inches of snow um, for the hiking trails. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty ideal. <laughs> that, yeah, it's ideal to go walking. In. First, he had skis. So it's he, like, had, he skis. had skis. He's cross-country so skiing. At least he's sliding along. And they did say uh, during that time period, the, the ice... So the lake was good and frozen, too. So if he wanted to walk on that, he should have been able to as well. So Stephen himself sets into the wilds. He's going on his hike. Little does he know, part in which he's going to take this hike happens to be an area called the Michigan Triangle. Mm-hmm. 
Is it similar to the Bermuda Triangle? It's very it similar. It is. I okay. have heard of this. Lots it's, of planes and everything go missing up there. Planes huh. and boats. There's a and it a, some weird stuff happens around the same time as his disappearance as well. Lake there. Michigan is a is a very scary place to fly over. One, it's it's very windy. Yes. Yeah. The water can get a little choppy. But there's a lot of like you said, boats, planes, everything. <laughs> People that are just like kayaking and everything just disappear in this area. I've never heard of that. Lake Michigan's a big motherfucker. Mm-hmm. We all know that. This <laughs> the hard facts. They actually, uh, you know, we actually know somebody who said they saw an alien on Lake Michigan in this area. In the lake, yeah. in the Lake Michigan Triangle area. In the area yeah. Interesting. Wow. S- saw a UFO. So my favorite thing about the Michigan Triangle is that it's about half of the fucking lake. So I've probably been in there too. Mm-hmm. It draws its points from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, to Lunnington, Michigan, and south to Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor is the area in which our Stephen will take his adventure. I've been to Benton Harbor. You've been to Benton Harbor? Yes. So you've been closer to the Hope College, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it. So first 15 minutes I based on lies. I think you've been to Benton Harbor with me, Brian. I was at St. Clair Shores. Is that down there? No, St. Clair Shores is over this way. It's on mm-hmm. the other side. I don't know, guys. There was water in a boat. I thought we did uh, some uh, duct work. We probably did. Benton Harbor. We probably did, because I think we were trying to hit on somebody at a terrible sandwich shop. It didn't go well. I think that's where that was. Yeah, that, that was, was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> All right. It's not unknown that the Lake Michigan can have some terrible climates and conditions. This Michigan Triangle harbors some of the strangest disappearances from Michigan's history, too. Notably, the boats, La Graffone, and the Thomas Hume, which both have just disappeared. It was the way. Were those the ones they recovered or no? Yeah, so they was coming. So they found okay. the Hume uh, like in 2008. Yeah. But it just vanished and for 100 years. And then at the bottom of the of Lake Michigan, it sits there. It almost looks untouched. Do you know how deep Lake Michigan is? Mm-hmm. I don't know the number, but I know it's super deep. That's in depth. <laughs> I thought you were going to give us a number. I thought you had the number. No, why would I know the number? I was going to be what su- we were doing. I was going to be surprised if you pulled that off the top of your head. No, I wouldn't be surprised though, knowing him. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, would, know. he would know the number. It's so in tune with nature. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Let, let me ask a fish real quick. <laughs> Because I know in some of these lakes up here, they're so clear, you can see the bottom, and it's like hundreds Let of feet. Let me whisper to the wind real quick. <laughs> it's actually 700 feet. <laughs> Bird flies into the basement. <laughs> 750 feet. So there's a lot of supernatural things happening in this triangle, like like all triangles. Uh, you got your UFO sightings. You've got all disappearing people. You have a Northwest Air, Airlines flight, which disappeared from space rad- um, airspace radars. God damn it. <laughs> just like happens in all triangles. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> I like like that. most triangles. I like that. Like most triangles. <laughs> it's, there's UFOs, boats disappeared, <laughs> and weird stuff happens. Because <laughs> you're not wrong. I've never the... met a triangle that didn't do that But shit. they do, because like <laughs> yeah. the Bridgewater Triangle, we have the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, if it's a triangle, shit's fucked up We got up the there. Isosceles Triangle. I am spitting facts. <laughs> you don't want to be inside of a triangle for a long period of time. <laughs> You guys can't see my hands, but I'm holding up a triangle right now, and bad things are happening. Soon. Things are moving across the room. You wouldn't catch me in a pyramid. You wouldn't catch me in a teepee. Um, fuck, your theory's kind of holding up. (laughs) Anyway, so this Northwest Airlines flight disappears, goes right off the space, air radars. Everybody in the flight died, and the wreckage was never found. Mm. Happened over the triangle, the Michigan Triangle. But this is not about the Michigan Triangle. It's just interesting that Stephen Kubaki was there. Hey, I did think it was interesting. The boats, they described that a lot of them look like the, whatever accident had occurred, they had been hit by a larger vessel. 
but there was never any reports of any of these vessels being Ghost hit. ship. Yeah, pretty much. So there was Ghost. like two or three reports that popped up with them just shattered as if they had had a big impact, but there was nothing there. Ghost ride the ship. <laughs> Damn it, Summer. <laughs> a whole day has gone by and nobody has heard from Stephen, which wasn't really strange. He said he'd be gone for a day or two. But on February 21st, 1978, a day after Stephen set off, some snowmobilers discovered a set of skis neatly spiked into the ground next to a backpack, all of which looked abandoned. Hmm. Which, when searching through the bag, it was easy to identify who it belonged to. None other than... Our boy? Our boy, Stephen Kubaki. Damn. Immediately, state police began searching for a missing person. Here's what I don't know about this right here. Different sources say different things, and all you know, but the details kind of get screwed up sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if his parents called the police, and then they found the bag and and kind of connected the dots. I think not because he was supposed to be gone. Nobody was expecting him back at that point, right? Right, yeah, right. So I think they found that, and then the start the search started because. Yeah, I think he was still within his time frame. If you would say a couple days and one day out, everyone starts looking for you. That'd be pretty odd. Yeah. They went all out. Search teams with scent dogs set into the land. There was only one trail to find. And what they do is mm-hmm. they, they follow this trail with about 200 yards. And it's, back, it's just footprints leading into Lake Michigan. And that's the only thing that they have. The only evidence they can find is this one path that leads to the shore. They had helicopters out. They're using hundreds of people to go and search the area. There is no sign of Stephen Kibaki. So the footprints just led all the way down to the lake? Yes. Yeah, down to the shore. It didn't go onto the ice. I didn't see anything about that. Again, it could be missing items or steps within the investigation, getting missed or muddled up. And they didn't mention any extra footsteps. It's just one One set set of, and leading away from- One set of footprints in the sand. that's exactly, because Jesus was carrying them at that point, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like they vanished. (laughs) Logic would say- that in the investigators, there's no other thing that could have happened here besides mm-hmm. him falling into this lake and dying. He wouldn't be the first person to do it. It's just what the circumstances looked like, even though it was hard to explain because there was no evidence of broken ice. And But to their credit, they didn't stop looking either. Like, and- they kept following up. They, kept, they tried to chase this down. They didn't just take the easy answer, which usually we see a lot in these stories where the cops just assume he's missing or dead or ran off. They tried to look for this guy. And he's experienced, too, clearly. Like, he's done this a couple times, or mm-hmm. at least some, something close to it. It's just his skis mm-hmm. and then 200 yards of footsteps into the lake. They said they found his name on a dental record, right? I believe that's what it was, like a medical bill or something like that, which was weird that I thought was packed into his bag because it wasn't his ID. They found, like, a record of some kind that had his name and information on it, and I, that was a weird little detail. It wasn't hard to, to figure out who it was, especially after they found the bag. But the, the bag say Stephen fucking Kubaki on it. <laughs> I'm missing. Just saying, Brian. <laughs> had a pair of his underwear in exactly. there. Had his name on him. Just a bag with a pencil in it. Ah, the Kubaki bag. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Brian, once they found the bag, they knew exactly whose it was. Just by looking at it, because obviously that's Stephen Kubaki's bag. He carries that bag. I just want to talk about the bag. For <laughs> the whole town, the whole town knew him, and they were like, "That's his bag." That's his bag. Steve's the only guy with that bag. Oh my god, is that Stephen's bag? <laughs> As the snowboarders slide over to it, like, "Yo, dude!" Jesus Christ! So that's this Stephen's bag. Did they jump the bag? You think? The snowboarders. What were snowboarders doing next to the lake? Anyway? Okay, so well, snowboarders, snowmore, snowmobilers. So some accounts of snowmobiles, some accounts of snowboarders. They would have to be snowmobilers because it's a yeah. flat. It's you just snowmobiling or snowboarding straight. Yeah, just yeah. in the woods. Yeah, that's what I, I believe it's snowmobilers. Okay, um, and they weren't looking for him yet. They yeah. just stumbled upon it. So, and that, that started that, the search. So they were also drunk if they were on snowmobiles. <laughs> so they had to wait. It's right? Michigan in the winter. So yeah, they had to wait three hours. <laughs> so they could call it in. 
Yeah, this shook the community. Naturally, this would devastate his parents and friends and family because they can't find him. It was hard to conclude, but investigators could only figure that he drowned. He must have walked into the lake, fallen through the ice, and died. Unfortunate and hard to explain due to there being no evidence of this happening, the lake itself had ice on it. They could see, but he couldn't be the first person to die falling through this ice, so it had to be the ice. His mother was actually quoting as, thank God they found his bag. That's a real quote. It would be odd for him to just take them off, though, and just start <laughs> walking <laughs> just walking across Lake Michigan. Just like, well, I guess I'm just going to go for a walk now. I know I was yeah, skiing. So well, I know the investigators, they just they said this is what happened, yeah. but they didn't believe it. Them themselves, they... This yeah, because it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's the From what they have there at the first... When they first get there, it makes sense. It's the only thing that makes sense. There's not, Unless he was abducted, but there's no other tracks. There's nothing, nothing landing. Aliens. You know, you know, I like to ice fish, and I've been on frozen lakes. I would never go alone. Oh, no. Yeah. Hell no. Because if you even... Hell if you no. step into a spot where someone's cut or anything like that, yeah. you're going right through it. I actually have and you're a not going to get out. Deep fear ice, man. I, yeah. I don't I don't walk on ice. I don't snowmobile across ice. I mean, I when it's really dead. when the ice is thick enough, you can drive vehicles on it. You'll be fine. If it's but, a small lake or pond, Lake yeah. Michigan, though, I would never. I don't know if Lake Michigan freezes all the way over. That's I what I was know. thinking. Uh, I think it's it gets big. Yeah, I think it, it probably gets frozen enough to walk on, but drive up like a jeep, like some of these clowns. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, where we're at is actually a body of water that Lake Michigan empties to, so it's like a little offshoot of Lake Michigan. Oh, that would freeze, yeah. Yeah. Um, in which that, yeah, so that's why that's freezing, at least partially. Police don't know what to do. Their investigations go as far as to sending dental records to Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Because during the time? It was, uh, yeah, Gacy was active. They had just busted him and found all the bodies. So they were trying to see if maybe potentially he had become a sus- or a, a victim of Gacy. Because if you think about it in relation from where he disappeared, the mileage is not, kind that, of, far, it's yeah. not that far. No, it's probably like, what, two hours? Maybe? Yeah. The family itself didn't want to believe it was dead. They'd go as far as, as far as hiring a private investigator, spending thousands of dollars to no avail. Wasn't it the Fat Man Agency or something? It was, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was hilarious. That's the PI firm. Could you imagine how bad of a serial killer you'd be if you only stalked, like, the woods for like people that happen to be skiing in the winter in the winter like you would kill one person every six years i think that's just a polar bear (laughs) you've become that you sure it wasn't john wayne gacy in the woods during snow time and just being on a trail waiting for some guy who has three girlfriends he had his binoculars (laughs) he was looking across the lake (laughs) he was waiting for one guy alone oh that guy's super handsome we'll go get him look at the bag on that guy He didn't like the bag. That's why he left. He's like, I hate this bag. I like you. I don't like this bag. So as time passed, uh, he was declared legally dead. Hope College will, will award Stephen a bachelor's degree in absentia. He got his degree, guys. Good for him. Didn't take finals either. Good job. Wait, what was it? Absentia? Mm-hmm. Because he was absent? Your degree is in being absent? <laughs> he disappeared. Yes, that's what he majored in. <laughs> I majored in not being there. God damn it. Yes. Hope College is known for that, actually. That was, that was actually his final. He was to school to be a magician. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so all adding up. All they found in his bag was a straight jacket and a yeah. bunch of locks. A bunch of doves. <laughs> Just handcuffs. Random things. Time will now really pass to about 15 months later. Them unzipping the bag and all the doves coming out. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead as lava. <laughs> Fifteen months later, just <laughs> frozen <rotting> doves, <laughs> frozen doves. You just gotta warm up with your hands. That's how you bring them back. <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. You know, we made a joke about you uh, being a Canusa Games hide and seek champion. You ain't got shit on this dude. Oh, Kubaki. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're lucky. Trust me. You're lucky. He was in the '70s and not in your time. 
Goddamn. You would have lost. You well, silver medal. On May 5th, 1979, somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Stephen Kabaki will wake up for the first time since he's disappeared from Lake Michigan, only 700 miles away from his last memory. That's a long way. What do you mean only? That's so far away. Yep. Yep. <laughs> One person said that uh, you could draw a straight line from where he last was to where he showed up. And the next response was, you can draw a straight line from one point to anywhere on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Oh my God. <laughs> so the only thing he remembers is that he was cold, scared, and alone. Where he was and why he was there made no sense. He had no idea how much time has passed. One second he was at a frozen lake, and the next he was sitting on a grassy meadow with clothes he didn't know he owned, a backpack filled with maps, $40 cash, brand new glasses, in a participation t-shirt from a marathon in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh my god, aliens. <laughs> so wait a second. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, he woke up. Uh, one second he is skiing, cross-country skiing by Lake Michigan. Next second he's on a grassy knoll. And nice clothes with new haircut. It, it makes me feel like he woke up in somebody else's body. Kind like, of. That's kind of like... It's like quantum leap. <laughs> yeah, he knew who he was. And physically, he felt okay. He said he felt good. Like He felt like he had been running a lot more, like doing more cardio. So he felt like he had more wind. I have a question. Yeah. Shane, did he wake up and find out that he had a job or anything somewhere else? Or was he just a, a drifter? He was just a guy in a field. Well, in, in his backpack, there are maps. And those maps have hiking, like, almost like hitchhiking paths. His new backpack or the old backpack? New backpack. He's got a new backpack. A new, backpack. <laughs> new backpack who this? This one doesn't have his name on it. That's why they, <laughs> that's why they couldn't recognize yeah. him. He's like, well, that's obviously not Kubaki. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I'm just so confused. Like, how did he get 15 months... I just want him to wake up so bad and be like, have keys with an address on it. And he goes home. He has a wife. Kids. <laughs> has a kid, <laughs> and he's just punching numbers somewhere on a computer. And so then the next weekend, he goes on a hiking trip from that yeah. family. Yeah. It's giving like Moon Knight, that one TV show. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm. Well, after finding a road to civilization, he used some of his money to buy a newspaper. And that's how he figured out where he was and how much time has passed. Good news was he was in an area that he actually knew somewhat because his aunt lived about 20 miles away hmm. in Great Barrington. Hmm. It was here he would be reunited with his family. I don't like that part. I don't. I don't like the coming back online. Right, he's at his aunt's house. Yeah, because it, he hitchhiked to her house, and uh, later they talked to that guy. But either way, it's just it's weird how he just pops back online. Maybe subconsciously he was heading there the whole time. I don't know. It wouldn't 15 take fifteen months, man. If, if he walked from it wouldn't Lake Michigan, long. it would. If he walked all the way around the lakes, because you can't go across, so you have to go down and through all the states and up. Oh, and then there's mountains went, in Pennsylvania. If he didn't walk the straight line, yeah, it would. Take yeah, so a very if he walked, time. if he did gifts, because he didn't have a passport, I think, so he couldn't get through Canada, so he'd had to walk the land all the way over. Unless he went down. Is this guy still? Either way, he's over here now. Oh, very much so. We'll get to that. Okay, okay so just take a break because you guys are doing <laughs> it with me too, or having thoughts about this. What messes me up the most is. He's met people. Yeah. He had to see people and live a life for 15 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has a bag and $40. He has something. $40. Yeah, where'd that come from? Where did that come from? In <laughs> what year is this? 1980. 19, no, 1979 now. Still 79. I think because he left. Well, how is it 15 months later, still 79? I think he was gone 14 months total. 14 months. That's still over a year, yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was well over a year. A year. Yeah. Is there? <laughs> But there's only 14 months in a bag. I hope I so didn't start The story starts at 78. So oh, it starts at 78? I okay. hope I said 78. No, you said 79. That's all right. 1978. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the Red Web did a really good job on this topic. Oh, they did. <laughs> if you want to check that out. Oh, 
This is so stressful. How do you just black out for that long? Uh, yeah, that's the question. How do you black out for 15 months? Does he not say anything about it? Months. He's just like, I just woke up and now I'm this guy? So when asked about it, where he had been gone, where, what he's been doing for the last 15 months, he simply could only say he doesn't know. Insisting to one reporter, who happened to be the only reporter he would ever publicly speak to about the matter, that he was in a great state of mind before he had gone missing. All he knows is it went black. He blacked out and woke up. And that was a good excuse if you black out for like 10 minutes, but not for 14 months. I mean, you're... Your poor mother. Oh, my God. Your parents. They didn't even seem to want to know. They didn't weren't concerned with where he was. They were just happy he was back. Did he ever go see a therapist? Was he ever diagnosed? <laughs> I mean, what if he what if he has like an question. undiagnosed, like, you know, multiple personality disorder? He yeah, would, maybe. He would actually deny being evaluated by psychologists. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel like he needed to. He said when he left in his last memory, and he still feels good, that my what? last my, my father was going to sign over his house to me. I had three courses at school and no trouble with women. I, I yeah, left he's got a, a free house and three girlfriends. I, yeah. I left a romance in Germany, and I had a job lined up with Holland Sentinel newspaper. He said he was happy about his life. There was nothing going on in his head, and he doesn't feel like anything's going on in his head now. Okay, but if you lose over a year of your life, mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be like, I kind of want to get a little checked out, even though I feel good. How times have changed. In 1980, you're like, I'm excited about getting a job at a newspaper. Now it's like, you had a job at a newspaper? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so he, what's that? <laughs> he, he did go see a, a doctor to check himself out physically, and he was in good health. There was nothing wrong with him. Everything's good. Hmm. And even that, he says he went and saw a doctor. We don't know. It's like he says he has girlfriends. He says he went to a doctor. He says he was blacked out for 15 months. At this point, when I hit this part of the story, I start questioning his credibility because Stephen never really gives an explanation. He doesn't use this to profit from in any way, but it just it's weird. It's really weird. No, that, that's a really good point. He will actually say that his memory lapse was probably due to too much exposure, and which is true. If you are in like cold it, conditions for too long, one of those things could happen is you could have like mild amnesia, things like for that. For 15 months? You said mild amnesia. That is severe amnesia. Yes. 15 months is a long time to black out. It is a very long time to black out. There's plenty of theories on what happened. Nobody was just like, man, you got to get checked out. Like, they no, couldn't, they, all, they, yeah, they couldn't convince him. Yeah, they couldn't force him either because he's an adult. And uh, legally, he can walk off whenever the hell he wants. He didn't try to apply for any benefits or anything, so they couldn't charge him with anything. It's just wasting everyone's time, making him worried, really. He got yeah. that degree, though. He got that degree. He did get that degree. He got that degree. And he was so funny because he came back and asked for that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? Yes, he That's did. That's really funny. I mean, life just went on. That was his narrative is, I don't know what happened. I'm back. I blacked out. Something happened. I and disappeared. And then I washed my hands of the situation. Pretty much. Wow, that's it. That's really weird. Which, so, yeah, because if you look at it from it actually happened to him perspective, that makes sense. Because what do you do with that information that you don't know? That would be horrifying. He did say that he does want to retrace his steps and investigate for himself what actually happened. But publicly, there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. The We'll cite the, the, the major reporting on this case, our major resource on this particular case but she actually goes far as to interview an ex-wife of his and she won't talk publicly about it he doesn't he doesn't know there's there's no closure on this guys and so that he never told the ex-wife anything either or she just won't talk about it they no, won't, yeah, she, she wouldn't, wouldn't talk. talk nobody will talk about it nobody that's close to him and i don't think he does so it's they might not even have any better answers Eventually, he'll get a master's degree from Ohio University in 1983, a PhD in psychology from the University of New Mexico, and he's awarded a Fulbright scholarship to study philosophy and psychoanalysis in Germany. Yeah, and he gets really into that. He wrote a whole book on it, and he's got a website now, which you should check out. It's kind of interesting. But his 
he's out there. He's he is the weird guy they described him as the D and D guy. You well, can, yeah, I mean, if yeah. something like that happens to you, but he doesn't you relate it back in, to right? that ever. He doesn't really. I didn't read the book. Maybe that's why he got into it though. At the end of the day, probably you're probably right. You could message him right now if you look, <laughs> <laughs> and then disappear for 14 months. Yeah. It's just so irritating because. There's, the guy has to know his story. Why won't you tell us? I can become pen pals with him and then eventually maybe get the story. My theory is if he he's fucking lying. He's oh. fucking lying and that's why he won't talk about it because you can't corroborate evidence if there isn't any. You can say you were somewhere, but at some point somebody saw something. Somebody saw you and they, or you just don't talk about it. It was the 70s. They can't trace you. And he definitely had interactions with people. He had like, to. There was he... no way he didn't like eat food. Well, that's what kills me is because if he did, then that person is a missing person. Well, now. one source, the guy who picked him up from the field and took him to his aunt's house, said that the guy he picked up that he then later claimed looked like Steven told him that he had flown in a plane from San Francisco to Boston, that he hadn't hitchhiked. So he could have bought all these stupid maps anywhere and so then faked the whole thing. So this guy... They didn't try to interview anybody in Wisconsin. Like, do you know this person? And they were like, yeah, this, that's Michael. Like, that never happened. The reporter, this Ellen, she chased down every lead she could. And so everybody that would speak did. And that's where she got the guy who picked him up in, after he reappeared. Which this is kind of a convenient thing. Although she does connect dots like that, but still not mm-hmm. solid evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy who picked him up, you know, supposedly, supposedly, said he picked up a guy named Nathan who matched yeah. Stephen Kubaki's description. Mm-hmm. And then goes into what Brian just said about, I flew in from here, I need a ride to this place, I know. Well, she went as far as to look into that particular marathon, which he, he was wearing the shirt, and there was a Nathan that, that ran in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's connecting dots like, this guy was in Wisconsin, this guy... Or, but it's also the guy who picked him up could be just trying to be a part of the story. He could be making this whole thing up too. So all this is circumstantial as hell, and Stephen won't talk. Years, Twenty years later, exactly. And I would just, I would guess that most marathons have someone named Nathan in it. You're Nathan not right. sounds like a guy who runs marathons, <laughs> especially in Wisconsin. There's a bunch yeah. of Nathans. So I, I just I find it weird that nobody there would know him. Like someone there, they have to have posted his picture. It was in the newspaper. I'm Ex- sure all this stuff. Yeah. The exposure to it. Someone was like. I know that guy. That mm-hmm. was so-and-so. He hung out here or he worked here. That makes me think that he was never in Wisconsin to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's. I mean, this is one of the biggest stories out of Michigan. Someone would have said something by now, you think. Yeah. You would think. Unless yeah. he was just a complete transient, too, because if he's just hitchhiking from place to place, you, you know, you see somebody for a couple... And in the 70s, when people are all over the place and everybody has the same fucking haircut... He's got money. He's, he's, he has money. Mm-hmm. He has clothes, all this stuff. He has to... He had to have done something to get this, yeah. which which means somebody knows him. Somebody's had contact with him. Yeah, I, I don't... The only thing I could think of is that he just... Everything was a lot more transient back then, too. Yeah. So people just weren't looking at him, maybe. Definitely easier to become a missing person back then. For sure. Oh, absolutely. You can probably figure out just from the story that the theories are wild as far as what happened to Stephen Kabaki, um, especially from the paranormal, supernatural community, UFOs. Many actually... Do believe that he was abducted by UFOs? He's cited in a lot of that type of ufologist research, and they just dropped him off with forty dollars in his pocket. <laughs> Thanks for the good times. That's the weird part. Like my that was where my mind was going. Is like, oh, UFOs. Like I said, I know someone who saw mm-hmm. one in that area. That makes sense. If you believe that stuff, that makes sense. And then he just wakes up somewhere else, and they just gave him forty dollars in a new backpack. Like, well- because maybe he was compliant. Maybe that's why they got him. Because there's another, the Travis Walton, when he disappeared and came back, he didn't have any money, but he tried to fight the aliens. But so he had a it. fucking story. Yeah, yeah. he did have friends. a story. Yeah. This guy All has no story but 40 bucks. The normal person who gets abducted by aliens 
you know, comes back with the story. Mm-hmm. At least the beginning and after kind of feeling. Yeah. They'll spend their lives at yeah. conventions. They'll try to capitalize it as, you know, some way or another. He just, it happened. Moved past it. My favorite theory is he's some kind of like interdimensional traveler. No. That. <laughs> that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I think he just backtracked in his own footprints and then exited the scene. Man, I don't know what to think. He just has a level seven spell. You can just, you know, you just you just got planar guide or whatever. Or he's an elf, so he can yeah. he can walk on the snow. Yeah, so he plain walk doesn't leave any footprints. Although he is most famous for this case, he he doesn't cite it in his bio on his on his website or anything like that. It's completely. There's so not, he's not even, trying to capitalize on it. There's not even a Wikipedia page for this. Nope. Seriously, there's nothing. It's this one lady that chased down everything. This Ellen, she did a knockout job on running this all down, and that's pretty much where all the source comes from. You know, I'm on board with most of this stuff. I want to try to believe this is... The, uh, nope. Yeah, I hate Stephen Kubaki. I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. I've decided after finishing his... What a his piece story. of shit. Well, I, don't, I, don't know about, I don't know about that, but he, I think he definitely... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Keep going, Shane. No, I like Summer's hot take. He's yeah. a piece of shit. That's the intro now. <laughs> piece of shit. So where are we now? 2018, Brian mentioned already, Kubaki co-authored a book on the inconsistencies and incompleteness of our understanding of reality. Meta mathematical foundations of existence. Mm-hmm. Just rolls right off the tongue. Um, it? I tried. Yes. No, you got it. No, you did it. No, just... I, no, no, I got it. But I tried to see what that book was about. Uh, oh it's, no, it's in the. <laughs> that, that, that just goes with my, my brain. Yeah, <laughs> my brain's like stop. Well, because yeah. he's like, <laughs> I think it's at quantum physics level almost. Because he's yeah. dealing. There's even math. There's equations in that book. That's no fun. I heard another person talk about it. He has algorithms or mathematical equations of God and life and things like that. You got like the three six nine. Damn, she fine. No, no, <laughs> no. Tesla had a Tesla had a theory that the numbers three, six, and nine uh, were the key to interdimensional and space travel. I don't know any of that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's because they don't add up. It, anytime you like put the numbers together, like uh, one plus two, you know, you can like it's twelve, and you can just keep going back and forth. But three, six, nine, if you do it with any of those, doesn't work. Hmm. I told my lovely Ariel that I like this interdimensional traveler type theory, and then she started to go off about relativity and all this other stuff. And my brain just shut off. I think I watched her talk for five minutes. I, was like, <laughs> I don't know what she is saying. And so you just, did you just finally strike her to make her stop talking? Was she talking about like like bending space, time, stuff like that? And yeah. yeah, like distorting energy and all this other. Yeah. I'm like, what is she talking about? I mean, I just like the idea of it. I don't know how. If you believe that it is random and chaos, then technically if he was just walking towards the lake, if there was a bend in space or time, he could have just warped. And but oh, that's you know that that's relativity is like space is flat. You bend it, Mm -hmm. right? So and if you bend it and fold it, you can travel. But so where'd the forty dollars come from? Where did the new backpack come from? It's whatever, because he bended realities, right? So he yeah. spent time in another reality. Yeah. Another and he got a re- new yeah. backpack. Well, that yeah, then that backpack had forty dollars in it. Mm-hmm. So the misappearance of Stephen Kubaki by One Alan. More time. It's it's actually called misappearance. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, he nailed it. Thank you. I'm like that doesn't sound. Oh, right. summer of little faith. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, summer. <laughs> But The Misappearance of Stephen Kubacki by Ellen Killeran is the best source in the subject. This is the one you want to look up. She doesn't She doesn't really play into any of these supernatural, Mm-mm. none of that. She's finding people. She's connecting dots, yeah. trying to basically make some truth happen. But because of the sheer fact that this is all inconsistent, anything that she's found is from people that 
are disconnected or just what people are saying. There's no real evidence. And he won't talk. Right. And he's the main, he's the only real source and he won't talk. So there's, it's going to die with him. Well, I, I think it will come out eventually. He will say something eventually. It's been 40 years. He'll so. die eventually. He'll say something before he dies. Because most people do. And, and I think it's something not as innocent as we think. I Aliens. Think, uh, no, I don't think it is. A weird fact that happened while he was missing is that his mom and dad divorced and then remarried within the time frame that he was gone. <laughs> so he had his mother was married to a whole different person when he came back. And I thought that was weird. Um, another interesting thing with his mom mm-hmm. was that she, when she was being interviewed by Ellen, she would talk about a somebody calling her and, and with somebody mysterious on the other line. No, I thought they were calling a family friend. Were they calling a family yeah, friend? Yeah, they were calling into a family friend. Somebody was calling him a family friend and saying over and... I, I don't remember how many times they called, but they called and said that they had the number where you could reach Steven. And so they left this number and they tried to call the number and the number was disconnected. But the mom looked back through her call logs over the last couple of years and she found that Steven had called her from that number a couple months before and they had spoke for 15 minutes. She couldn't remember why because it had been so long, but he had been at that residence before. And uh, so she pulled a bunch of uh, Freedom of Freedom of Information Act, like, mm-hmm. give me the police reports, all that. Tons of shit's redacted. Anything that matters as far as person, place, or thing in this side of this case, it's all redacted. Uh, like that person that he was talking about who lived in that residence before, you should be able to figure that out. Redact. Yeah. it's it, They give you the information, but not really. So yeah. it didn't really give much to move with. I, that makes sense to me that they would pull it all out if, if he's not willing to share any of it. It's 1980. I mean, it's harder to track all that stuff. Like you said, it's it's easier to go missing, and you can live a different life. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, my dad in the 80s hitchhiked from Oklahoma back to Michigan. Much safely. different time. Much different time. Yeah, That's normal. Could you, could you imagine doing that now? Fuck You're going to no. die. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would pick me up? No. <laughs> First off, if anyone picks you up, you have to expect to die. You're probably going to fucking walk from Oklahoma to Michigan. That's the most likely I thing. would never pick anyone up. Mm-mm. Just a single dude down on his luck with an awesome backpack. It could be a whole ass family. I ain't picking him up. <laughs> no, that's that's a murder family. I watch Strangers. <laughs> I'm not getting anybody. <laughs> Ultimately, it's Stephen's story. Whether you want to believe it or not, if it's true or not, we'll probably never know. So, what do you think happened? I think he. I think he went and had some kind of mental episode. I think he went and kind of just lived off the land, moved around, transient. I don't think that he disappeared. Although, it's a really interesting, one-of-a-kind type story, mm-hmm. and if you want to think hard about any path you can go, you can really go down that path if you wanted to, because there's no evidence. Yeah. I, I can't buy it, man. There was a... I read something that they were talking about. They used an example of his story in a in a textbook at, uh, to showcase amnesia, and he asked them to remove that, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, no, I don't. I think he's full of shit. I don't know that he did this to hurt anybody or expect it to be such a big deal, but I think he just wanted to leave. I think that with the situation, he used it as a good excuse to disappear. I think he had a lot of stress in his life with college, everything like that, and it sounds like his parents were not getting along. They divorced that quickly and remarried to someone else, so his parents were not getting along. For a young kid, you know, the Christian, nice kid, that's probably a lot of stress for them. And he said, you know what, I'm going to dip out for a little while. And after a while, he said, I'm feeling better. i got to get back to life. Shit, they gave me a degree. I'll come back. (laughs) And that was it. And if he did admit to it, like say it was all a hoax, wouldn't he owe like fraud charges? Like yeah, all that resources. That yeah, they I think spent? the cops might charge him. Yeah. I mean, what? I, I you think a government would want to get their money back? Like, oh, that was cute. Well, this costed twenty thousand dollars to do. Yeah, so. we flew a helicopter. I mean, a young kid, especially when you think about that kind of stress. Sometimes you got that fight or flight. Sometimes they just flight. 
Mm-hmm. They just flee, and then they're gone, and they think that's going to fix it. Oh, maybe my parents will band together over me missing and try to find me, and it will work. <laughs> Instead, they got divorced. And married somebody else, yeah. <laughs> That's when he came home, when he saw the marriage. <sighs> Could have been. Summer, what do you think? I agree with Cody. I think that he probably just was trying to escape something. Or aliens. <laughs> maybe they helped him. <laughs> maybe that's why he got the 40. It's either that or aliens. Like, there's no okay. in between. So, playing off that thought right there, what's your secondary guess that's more paranormal that you think that could be plausible? Aliens. No, I would say it's what he's become the focus of his life, relativity, and a, like little random things, occurrences, quantum level stuff. I think that would be something like that. Like, he stepped into something and reappeared somewhere else. I like that, too. Or, or aliens took him into another dimension. Because think about aliens traveling. If they're going to travel, they're going to have to know relativity and bending space. Well, if they if they took him and showed him that, boom. I've heard about Bigfoots being interdimensional species, too. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he got pulled in by them, hung out with them for a bit, earned a little bit of money, chopping wood, doing whatever big feet do. <laughs> Got to get that that Bigfoot salary, and then came back later once he lost the job. But I do like the I do like the theory of if that happening, if it was aliens, them showing him all this, but not really remembering all of it. He wakes up and remembers some of it, and spending his life trying to <laughs> like the aliens it took out. him on a tour, went hiking with him, took him to the to the marathon. You got to think about put if, a little if, money in his pocket. If aliens are going to take you, they they pull you up, they take you. Are they just going to float above the sky so everyone can see him? Are they going to go into space where we have satellites that can see him? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to go far away and then bring you back? But here. Would they give you forty dollars? That's, That's the, the thing, thing I don't like. <laughs> and would they, they let you run a marathon? <laughs> but if they gave him, if they like, they did like a memory erase thing on him and then stuck him down there, he would start over a brand new life, right? Here's forty dollars and a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and then it wears off, and he's like, "What the fuck? Don't, don't go!" He's hands up in the air. Uppies, yeah. don't go. Uppies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and that. Is your hatch and bar. <laughs>